The Okie Geek Podcast is brought to you by Okie Comics, a bi-monthly anthology publication showcasing the talents of Oklahoma creators with stories featuring Oklahoma. Copies are available at Half Price Books, Edmund Unplugged, Loot and XP, Boarding House, Paseo Plunge, Museum of Osteology, Commonplace Books, as well as your favorite comic book store and nearest library. You can find out more locations and more information at okiecomics.com. Greetings and salutations, my fellow geeks, and welcome to episode 169 of the Okie Geek Podcast, brought to you by Okie Comics. I'm Michael Cross. I'm Devin Green. Three years ago, the Okie Geek Podcast invited the folks from the American Pigeon Museum and Library onto our show, and it was so great, we figured we needed to check back in with the Adventure District attraction. Here to talk about it is Pigeon Museum Director Elizabeth Dahl. Elizabeth, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. We're so thrilled to have you. First off, okay, so so we don't want to have to worry about people going back and listening to the last one. Um, where is this Pigeon Museum located? So we are located right in the Adventure, Adventure District, right behind Remington Park. And that's over on 63rd Street, yeah, right? Sorry, yes, sorry, 63rd Street. It is the mm-hmm. best kept, best kept secret so. in I Oklahoma so. City. I think it really is. Because I, I know that we, so many of our listeners had never heard of it. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it became our most listened to episode ever. Yeah. No pressure. Right? <laughs> <laughs> because it's fascinating. It I mean, we, and it's, yeah, anyway. It's in Oklahoma City. That's it's in Oklahoma the, City. I, I, it's know, one you, of a kind. There's a museum for everything. I think there's a museum for just about anything you can think of. But... When you think of uh, pigeons, uh, Oklahoma City is not usually what you think of. And so uh, the the, the thing that I think surprised people was, sure, there's a pigeon pigeon museum. It's where? Yeah. (laughs) It's in Oklahoma City. Is that the reaction you get from people who even walk in your doors? Yes. Most of the time, one of the major questions that they have is, why is the museum here? Um, And our only answer for that is that it's just really a central location for both of the major um, pigeon club. So there's a big pigeon club on the east and a big, big pigeon club on the west. Mm-hmm. And we're just middle ground. It was a place to meet in the middle. And mm-hmm. I think that's where a lot of things happen in Oklahoma City. And it, that's Film Row was created because of it was okay. centrally yeah. located. Um, and so you've got uh, people coming from all over. Now, you've just started... Uh, you're, it's a new season for you guys, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, when did you when did your season start? March first, is that right? February first. February first. Yes. Okay. So we're closed the entire month of January because mm-hmm. we're moving things around, getting ready, and then reopened in February. That's also better because that's the cold time, so you're not going right. to worry about that much. But how so? How have things been going so far this year? So things have been going great. We still have our passenger pigeon exhibit up, which has been a huge hit, and then we are working currently on expanding our entire. Um, war story about how the birds were used in war. So we're really just doubling the size of that exhibit that we currently have up now. So that's what we've been working on. Which is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, what's what would you say is the biggest surprise of people when they come in to see the Pigeon Museum? Besides the museum itself, which right. is obviously a surprise. But about pigeons and such, what would you say is the biggest surprise for people? So I think one of the things that people find most surprising is that First of all, the relationship between doves and pigeons. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the times people are under the impression that um, doves, quote unquote, that are released at ceremonies and weddings and things like that um, are somehow different than pigeons. They're not. They're actually just white homing pigeons. And 
for some reason, people have an aversion to saying they had pigeons at their wedding, but that is what they Jennifer have. My mind that. is blown. Didn't, she, didn't <laughs> she mention that last time, too? We, we, we did the exact same yeah, thing. Yeah, did she? And my mind is blown again, <laughs> yeah. just I now, because on. I've taken in a lot of facts since then, and I, I forgot that one. I think the problem is That's that, so cool. that, well, it, it's the fact that doves have better PR. Yeah, True. Prince. Than pigeons. Um, Prince, spokesperson. Well, the and Bible. We're here to change that. I that mean, too. I mean, you know, we, we, the, 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 there's a picture of the whole of piece doves connotation. With the piece and, I get it. I get and, it. Yeah. They have great PR. The olive branch. And they're all pigeons. All pigeons. But the truth is, and, and unfortunately, pigeons again also have the bad PR. Everyone goes, oh, it's rats with wings. Right. It's all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I think it's the problem is. That's why we need to do more to promote pigeons. It's a marketing problem. They're awesome. Definitely. They're Agreed. smart, which they're most people don't know. Highly, highly intelligent. And they're also, they love people, which I think is sort of the saddest part of all of this is <laughs> they really love being around humans. There's been recent studies done where pigeons can actually recognize the face of people that they see freq- frequently, wow. which is similar to crows. Crows also have mm-hmm. that ability. Um, but yeah, pigeons can recognize you. So I'm always like, you better be being nice to them right yeah. they're gonna, they're gonna remember, remember if you were not if you're a so. mean person right so all those bad kids were shooting bbs at pigeons no kidding they know, they, they know who you are oh they remember no kidding <laughs> i yes. feel like birds suffer in general from like bad pr like or someone put forth the idea that birds were dumb at some point well, and we all collectively right. forgot brain, yeah. Yeah. exactly and we all collectively forgot they're dinosaurs Right. Yeah. Like, yes, they are. Dude, you go in the Laura Kate exhibit at the zoo. Do not tell me. You will not come out of that. Not an, like misunderstanding the whole dinosaur bird thing. Oh, They're yeah. No, the first, time, the first time I really kind of I looked at dinosaurs, when I heard about dinosaurs being pit birds, birds. were the descendants of, of dinosaurs. Yeah. Then I looked back at dinosaurs and went, oh, yeah, that's just a big bird with right. what looks like scales, which probably aren't. Right. We now know they were probably yeah. more featherish. Then, you know, so yeah. yes. But I also, the, the, the other thing that got me was the pigeons, um, the, the, was it the, the only non-mammal that can recognize itself in a mirror. Mm-hmm. Oh. Is, is, it was, was really fascinating. I um, did not <laughs> know that. That's news to me. It but makes that's sense though if I, they can tell the individual humans. They have to. Because I mean, I think we look all alike. And also because I mean, they have to. They, there's things that they have to know. With the, what they've been trained to do, what they've mm-hmm. been bred to do in, in taking messages to where they need to go, they need to be highly intelligent. Right. And, birds with jobs. And you're right. It's unfortunately, I think there are some birds that unfortunately do kind of fit the bird brain type of it's stereotype. It's true. <laughs> But not pigeons. And unfortunately, I think they've gotten a bad rap. Right. They absolutely have, which is highly ironic also because of the huge service that they did for mankind during Mm -hmm. the war. And also, they have one of the longest recorded histories of, you know, the relationship between man and pigeon. Yeah. I mean, it's such a long, such a rich history. And we've always benefited benefited from them. Mm -hmm. So now it's just, I always find it very interesting that they do have those negative associations yeah. with feral pigeons. It boggles my mind. Too. Yeah. But there you go. How and you are you guys still doing the races? We do not do that anymore. We are working on having some programs this summer where we do um, demonstrations. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll release birds and it's really cool to see if you've never seen it before. They sort of pour out of their loft and they do like several laps and then go off and it's really, really neat to see. Oh, wow. um, and then also some demonstrations with the tumblers and the rollers who have like um, pretty unique flying patterns. So they'll actually spin in like um, a spiral like a football is what I liken it to, but yeah, they're really fascinating to see. Why do they do that? That's just the way way that they fly. Yeah, the way that they fly and the way that they're bred, the way that their body Mm -hmm. is composed. I was going to say, it's it's hereditary, right? Yes. As to whether they are rollers, divers, tumblers, divers, rollers. 
Yeah. And sorry. Pigeon, is, that, pigeon, is pigeon then the the like like the the uh, the top of the, the genus, genus name yes. and so the rock dove is yeah, yeah. So, okay so every, oh rock dove rock okay. dove is what it is, and then yeah. there's just different versions mm-hmm. of them and yes. so do we know how many different versions there are I'm there's sure. over I know that there's over. 350 different kinds of pigeons. That's, so. See, wow. that's amazing. And there's another thing. You would never know that. Right, you right, think, right. You always, just think the pigeon in New York that you've seen in the movies. It's those three pigeons right. in Animaniacs. It is. Yeah. It is. <laughs> oh, so good. Um, am, am I a clown? Do I make you laugh? Um, <laughs> so great. Uh, that's, that's my first version of a pigeon that I ever actually think of. But uh, but then, of course, I mean, there's the movie that came out. There was a movie that came out about the kind of what... What pigeons? It was cartoon. The but Valiant. The Valiant. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Um, about just basically the pigeons and the service they did in World War Two, mm-hmm. and you just don't realize. And so hopefully we're teaching these kids that you know. By the way, they have been a valuable part, not just in World War Two. Right. Yes, we think of that because that's a recent history, mm-hmm. but they've been with us for so long. Oh yeah. And they're so we figured it out a long time ago. That these birds will actually help us communicate long mm-hmm. before we had telegraph. And they'll come back. Like yes. Right. That's the key. Yeah. They have this unique ability that we, like, correct me if I'm wrong, we don't fully understand right. how yeah. right. it works. There's been so many Which different awesome. studies done, and they still cannot really nail down what it is. I, some scientists have speculated that maybe a sense of smell has contributed to mm-hmm. it. Um, there's, you know, magnetic fields, the sun. Right. Um, so same with monarchs. We haven't quite figured, okay. we, we don't know. But we monarchs do the same, but they, mm-hmm. it's it, it is genetic. We know that because the same monarch does not come back to the place where they left. It's okay. generations. Interesting. Yeah, I know. It's, it's yeah, so that's a whole other deep dive <laughs> yeah. we'll do later. But the point is, we don't understand how it works. It right. may be a magnetic, a smell, a me, you know, but it's a memory thing. But we're not somehow it knows, why. and you we don't have because we can't. But we, we take can't full, yeah, we take full advantage. Also, I think it's that we can't because we're such we live in so much in the here and now. Mm, that right. We, mm-hmm. If it weren't, we we'd forget where we lived if we got distracted by something shiny enough. Right. 100%. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. That's, when you say that, it just reminded me. I was just reading an article that was talking about why. You know, why were pigeons so useful during the wars? And that was one of the things is they're not easily distracted. So they had initially um, worked with dogs. <laughs> they learned very quickly, you know, they're not going to be the best messenger because, right. I mean, you give a dog a treat That's and they're right. your best And it's friend. over. Your mission it's is done. over. Yeah. yeah. And pigeons, that was one of the things that they, they weren't easily distracted. And they, even if they were caught or intercepted, they were... It was indistinguishable, their point of origin, but also their destination. So that's what made them such an asset. Better than us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The best were magpies. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Exactly. That's so awesome. I mean, but that makes sense. I mean, it makes sense how they have achieved what right. they've achieved if they're not easy. Because, yeah, mm-hmm. dogs. Dogs are terrible messengers, right. turns 100%. out. They is, it, is a but. lot of it, has there been much, is it also because of breeding? Um, I know because the reason we have dogs that do different things and mm-hmm. look different ways. Is, have the pigeons been bred that way? Is it, that's what I'm asking, is it natural or have we kind of helped, helped that evolution along because of what we've been doing right. to help to... Um, I think it would be a combination of right. both. Um, so they do naturally have that ability. Um, but when you see like the world-class racers or some of the pigeons who outperformed, they were very um, carefully bred. So mm-hmm. they would want to height, you know, you would take your two best racers and breed them and it sort of heightened that sense. Sure. <laughs> um, but in the reverse is also possible. So like with the fancy pigeons and things like that, 
they lose their homing ability when they're heightening other characteristics. Mm -hmm. So if you come to the museum, we have about 12 birds that are on display. Um, we only have one homing pigeon on display and the rest are fancy pigeons. And when you look at them, they have incredibly defining characteristics. So like big feathers around their head, feathers on their feet, you know, big crest on their breast, different things. Um, and so as those characteristics are heightened, the homing capability is essentially bred completely out of them. Sure, it's again like That's a dog when you when you breed. Well, I mean, you've, you've got your canine, you've got your your shepherd, mm -hmm. and the shepherd is yeah. breed with a certain way. Well, you've got your you know uh, your Shih Tzu, your you know uh -huh. they're they're not going to be as good. They they do right. every dog does something different, and when you breed that one part to be to be magnified, you're going to usually lose the other parts of it. Right. Is the is the rock. Uh, pigeon, is that uh, mostly a worldwide bird? I mean, can you mm -hmm. pretty much find them all over the world? Yes, they're everywhere. Um, they gravitate towards city centers, obviously. Mm -hmm. I knew that. Yeah, because mm -hmm. from Nat Geo. <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly, <laughs> it was the one about it was Planet Earth cities. Oh, okay. They have a whole one devoted to pigeons because they're so they're so they gravitate to towards city centers. Yeah, they like people. Mm -hmm. um, for a plethora of different reasons. I mean, they leave food everywhere. Um, so that's a big yeah. uh, incentive. Um, but also, they have always been in, I mean, rock doves. They literally used to breed and build their nests in cliffs and things like that. So they do very well on buildings and things like that, as opposed to trees and being oh, that makes the perfect sense. Yeah. Also, there's a significantly less rich lowered risk, I yeah. guess, <laughs> of um, predatory animals. So like falcons, hawks, things like that. They're right. not going to. They don't it. tend to come to our yeah. city centers. So they're safe. Right. And so, so, and then, which, of course, helped them breed. And, and, and Which, of course, gives them the negative in, in places like New York City. Right. Uh, but in, 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 in the rest of the world, they've actually been valuable as far mm -hmm. as uh, keeping messages. Um, do, do many people keep them as pets? Um, they do, actually. I think... I mean, obviously, there's a fairly large presence in the United States, but also um, in China. It's one of the largest uh, gambling sports. And as, as far as I read this last week, because in the news this past week, um, one of the top racing pigeons sold for $1.4 million. $1.4 million, oh which God. is incredible. That's awesome. Um, and as I understood from this article on the BBC, um, uh, it's like one of the only legal forms of gambling in China. So mm. it's it's really a big pastime there. Um, so in China, it's a huge sport. And then also in India, Pakistan, um, Poland, Belgium, those are all huge centers for um, keeping and raising pigeons and, and mostly the, just and racing is all, all they're doing so so oh, yeah. no it's one of those betting no one gets hurt you just whoever wins the race right know. and it's it's really interesting um and when i was researching this i found it very fascinating that a lot of the people who um initially got started in pigeon racing they did so because it's something everyone can do across any sort of socioeconomic barriers anything because it's very inexpensive to yeah. keep and raise pigeons as opposed to like racehorses, right. you have to oh, be. No yeah. kidding. And know. just land resources in general. Mm -hmm. Like, you you know, I, I lived in parts of China, and I completely understand, like, the shortage of land there is right. to raise, say, cattle. Yes. Of course you don't have room to raise things like right. horses mm -hmm. so that aren't be, that are being bred for sport. Yeah. So, yeah, point. that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So, they, so, so some people do also keep them, though, as pets. Oh, yeah. A lot of our Instagram That's, followers um, oh. have yeah. pigeons as pets, and they're really cute. I mean, they are legitimately their pets. They have little, like, diapers that they buy for their <laughs> pigeons because they let them walk around their Outfits. house. And, yeah, I mean, these are really their pets, and it's it's really interesting to see because I a, didn't realize before. And adorable. Yes, oh, very yeah. cute. Yeah. <laughs> Who would not want to have Definitely. a pigeon as a pet? Right. 
Wasn't there a big thing? I remember, I wish I would have paid more attention at the time, but someone mentioned, um, wasn't there a ban on rooftop pigeons in New York and that? In Chicago as well, yes. In Chicago, and mm-hmm. that, I mean, that caused a huge uproar, of course, because a lot of people do keep oh. pigeons. Yes. Giuliani, yes. I think, did it, actually, weirdly. Yeah. I arrived at this for this this bizarre channel of a lead singer of a punk rock band who kept ripped off pigeons as a child and hates Giuliani because of it. Like uh, it's it, so it, random. It, but it, again, it probably goes back to misinformation mm-hmm. um, that everyone thought they were just dirty. They were rats with wings. Right. And they were ca- they right, and a public nuisance and, when they really right. That's only half the story. Yeah. Yeah. We we brought them here. Yes, we yeah, really. that's right. Yes, <laughs> really. yes. Um, and uh, do do they serve other purposes besides carrying uh, messages? Um, the Coast Guard is actually in the '80s. They sort of toyed with the idea of um, utilizing pigeons in their search and rescue missions um, because pigeons were so much more well equipped to spot colors at a very far range. So they were training them to recognize, like orange, for instance, which would be the yeah. color of um, a raft. Yeah, and what the pigeon would do is they would go up with the pilot and they would peck on a button that they were provided whenever they saw this color, and then the pilot would then know, okay, I need to pay special attention to this area. That's um, amazing. It, yeah, yeah, and also there's studies where they can recognize um, letters of the alphabet, of course, things like that, and yeah. of course they can. They're so smart. I for one <laughs> welcome our new pigeon overlords. Yeah. Like <laughs> seriously, <laughs> no, I mean that's that's just amazing. Yeah. People people really underestimate birds. In general, Definitely. I think. But, wow. So do we have an idea of when, like I know we said we, it goes way, way, way back. Do we have an idea of when mm-hmm. pigeons and humans, like is there like back in history of their use in warfare, in mm-hmm. message carrying? I mean. So Genghis Khan, I'm trying to think of the earliest like warfare that they would have been involved in. Genghis Khan definitely utilized them during his conquests. Yes. <laughs> he used them. Um, and then I think. In the early 19th century, um, during the Siege of Paris, that was another really infamous oh, wow. time that pigeons oh, were wow. used. Okay. Um, and is that's it, one of the earliest, like, well-recorded yeah. instances. Excellent instances. So. I'm sure before that they were, they were used as just messenger. Right. Like, Mark Antony used them as messengers. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Olympics. Noah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. The big one. Yes. <laughs> the top Turns guys. out. Yeah. yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I've never really thought about that. Which, yeah. again, we're talking about pigeons, doves. They're the same thing. Right? Same thing. Yes. So when yes. he sent so off. So later, dad, when that white one comes back, he's like, hey, what you been up to? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> How's uh, your dad? <laughs> so, because, yeah, everyone always thinks about that one. So what, do, what can people expect when they go to the Pigeon Museum? So when you first come to the museum, we have 12 cages, and they have different fancy birds um, that are in our collection, and you are welcome to hold or to pet one of those birds, and we'll tell you a little bit about each breed. Um, and then we do have, like, it's about 10 minutes. Um, it's like a video clip, and it gives a really, really good comprehensive overview of the general history of the bird. Um, and then our museum from there is sort of divided into three major sections. So we have a racing room, which talks all about the history and of racing birds, and we have a bunch of racing clocks, which are really cool to see. Um, and then in the center, probably our most striking thing is when you first walk in, we have this entire um, signal core setup. So we have ah. a life-size uh, mobile loft, which is an exact replica of what would have been used during the Second World War. Mm-hmm. And um, in that, we talk about all of the military history behind the bird, um, which I think people 
who don't know anything about pigeons, that's sort of their first point of reference. Right. You know, they can they mm-hmm. kind of understand that. So that's kind of what we like to start people with is what they already know. Um, and then in our far room, we have our passenger pigeon exhibit, and then we have sort of the scientific background of the bird. So we differentiate between homing and fancy pigeons, and we'll sort of walk you through that and explain that to you. And what? And so besides the the fact that I mean, it's the homing and the fancy. Is mm-hmm. is that pretty much what what defines them? Is this differently? Is is one of them has kind of lost its homing ability. The fancy pigeon is is more for appearance. Right. Yes. It's yeah. Are fancy pigeons raced? No. No, no they, they are bred are, for appearance. Yes. Period. And they go to shows like like oh, dog okay. shows. Okay. So they're bred like for appearance, mm-hmm. like for their show pigeons. Yes. And so just like, like fancy chickens. Right. <laughs> so pigeon fanciers, people who raise and breed these birds, um, they will have their breed of pigeon, and they will sort of stick to that, and they. Sure. Don't deviate outside right. of that at all. It's yeah. sort of very elite, not elite. It's, like, it's, like it's like dog shows. Right. They're I mean, if very you've ever, committed yeah, to their breed. To their pigeons. breed, yes. and that's what they do. Yes. So how do the pigeons in your collection come to be in your collection? Um, mostly donations. A lot okay. of our board members are pigeon fanciers, and they've raised pigeons their entire life. So they will obtain donations for our museum. Um, and then we have a really great museum volunteer who actually takes care of our birds on a daily basis and he keeps them in a loft on his property. Um, and he's really great about going out. Like if he awesome. sees a really cool bird that he thinks we would just really benefit from having, he'll orchestrate that for us. So that wow, we're getting it. so you mm-hmm. have one person taking care of the 12. Yes. And, and does the so collection nice. vary in size over the years, I would assume? It does, yeah. We have some that you know naturally pass right. and things like that, so. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's is, really cool. What is the lifespan of a yeah. pigeon? Uh, 20 years. Whoa. Within captivity, they can live with Dang. up to 20 years. Yeah. So a long, And how long, long do they nest? Like, how long do they have to sit on an egg? How long um, do they It's a very gestate? short turnaround period, um, matter of weeks. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah, and that's another, like, the period between um, when a pigeon is hatched to mm-hmm. adulthood is very short. That's one of the reasons why you don't really see young-looking pigeons? pigeons. Yeah, because their turnaround time is such a short, short span. Which would also well, make them good because if you're, if, you're, if you're raising them, exactly, th- it's real quick into adulthood and, and mm-hmm. getting them to, to training them to, to race or whatever so right. you don't have to worry about this long youth. Yes. You're and you're your not being predated. Yeah. Like, that's probably right. a key evolutionary choice. Like, yeah. let's keep them out. Let's get them out of the nest as soon as possible. Right. They're not, you know, yeah. and they're not at risk. Does, does That's your, amazing. Does he also breed them? Is that is he does? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he breeds them, and um, I sort of we have a lot of people who come to the museum, and after they walk around, they're like, maybe I want to get into this, and yeah. he's always the person that I put them in contact with because he knows exactly what they'll need to get started. He knows everything, and we're actually doing um, a pigeon auction, which is sort of like our fundraiser for the museum, and he's also orchestrating that. So. What is that? Um, it runs year long, and so oh. we have these racing pigeons. Um, that were donated to the museum and we've been running an online auction for them and people have just been bidding on them and it's been really successful and really helpful to help us build up our collections so and our cool. exhibits. Yes, it's been great. We're very lucky. So when does the auction conclude? Um, in August, I okay. believe. I believe it's August. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And they can find that at pigeonmuseum.org. Is that right? Um, the American Pigeon Museum.org. American yes. Pigeon, mm-hmm. American, wow. Uh, is the, I was right. Is the in the... In the URL, it's the American Pigeon mm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Say that again. It's the. Oh. The is in the URL. The American Pigeon right. 
It's a mouthful. It <laughs> is. Definitely. It is. But, uh, but, but the website is really cool, so go. You'll yeah. learn, you'll learn things Google on that. Pigeon Museum. It comes right up. Oklahoma. I promise you. Right. You don't True. have to. Pigeon Museum. It comes right up. Yep. You're right. So we're the kind. Yeah, that's it is, awesome. It really, and you guys have been around for almost fifty years. Yes, long now, time. It's not been in that location though, right? No. Um, um, so it was conceptually started in 1973. They started fundraising, building collections, um, and sort of defining what exactly this museum was going to be, what it was going to look like, who we were going to serve, like what our audience is going to be like. And um, and then in the 80s, they finally raised enough funds to open the facility, and then. We've moved, we've been in the building that we're in now for about four and a half, five-ish years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so, yeah. they had just moved. Yeah. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was a recent thing when we had just gone before. Yeah. So tell us how you came to be part of this. Yeah, I started working at the museum as the assistant curator. And so I've been there about two and a half years now total. Um, and I worked with Jessica mm-hmm. while she was the director. Um, and then she left and I applied for the position because when I first started, I knew nothing about pigeons, was not interested I thought it was just so strange, but right? the longer I've been the job's there, job's a job. I get right, it. Yeah, and then the longer you're there, you're like, I, I was like, care this about these things. Fascinating. Yeah, it's the, yeah. it's just such a niche history, mm-hmm. and the more you learn about it, the more you're like, what in the world? I have right? to know more. This and it's really underrepresented in the whole historical narrative, and I just found that so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the passion that these people who keep birds had too. That also fascinated me. Totally get that. And yeah. so I was like, okay, I'm just gonna. That's wonderful. Stay here. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, so are you great. from Oklahoma? Did you know the pigeon exist the pigeon museum existed? I did not. I learned about it. Um I did my bachelor's in museum studies. Nice. And there were people who were interning there. there and so go. among the museum studies students, we were all right. kind of like, What in the world uh-huh. is this? You know, so just out of sheer curiosity, which I think is how a lot of people even find us. Yeah. Um that's kind of how I came to know about nice. the museums. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And where'd yeah. you where'd you go to college for a museum um, The University of Central Oklahoma. Woo-hoo, go Broncos. Nice. Yay. Go UCL. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, that's, that's mine They've too. They've got a great museum oh, studies great. program. Um, they do. I, yeah, I didn't even, actually, I didn't even know they had a museum oh, studies. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, yep. That's fantastic. That's and what do you study with museum studies? Learn how to run a museum. Yeah, you take museum Which, management. It's the degree that I should have. Oh, see, that's, I, <laughs> well, I should is, have a double. It's not, I have an anthropology Most people think, oh, you just open the doors. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Turns out more to it. But oh, yeah. there is a lot more to it than oh. most people don't know. Yes. Like nonprofit management, five oh hundred writing. Compli- yes, grant writing. Exhibit management. Mm-hmm. Archival like it, standards. Like, archive processing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, we could do so, we could yeah. do a whole podcast on this <laughs> right so here. <laughs> yeah. Preserving, displaying, yes. right. audience knowing your resources. Education. Yeah. There's caring about your audience, yeah. knowing who they are, educating out yeah. Yeah. Which knowing what to display because that's I mean, that's you've got usually museums have a lot more than they actually put out on display. So you gotta know what's yeah. gonna, what you're gonna put out there. There's a really crazy statistic I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's like such a small percentage oh my gosh, of yes. the museum's collection is actually sure. out on at display. all times. Yeah. It's a very like people, percentage. yeah. Museum people will will tell you. We'll be yeah. like, oh, you have no idea. No idea. I had. I. That I is twelve percent. Right. There are so many museums in in Oklahoma City itself, especially in the Adventure District. True. Where I would just love to go backstage and see what's oh my not gosh. being on display. I used yeah. to beg the 45th Infantry Division Museum. Oh my gosh, I love that beg. Place. I used to them go back so in their many archive. emails and being like, please let me intern with you. It I is just so intense. Yeah. I love that yeah, place. Yeah, they're I, great over there. Yeah, they are. Right. And my dad was 45th Infantry, or oh, is 45th awesome. Infantry, was. Anyway, mm-hmm. so yeah, I spent a lot of time there as a Amazing. kid, and then I took, my husband's a history major, and so okay. we spent some time, awesome. and yeah. 
we we want to go backstage too. Yeah, yeah. I, I love museums. I would never forget. I was actually at the History Museum once, and there was a. a I'm not as big a sports buff, so it, it wasn't that big a deal. But I think it was um, uh, the OU coach Bud. Um, Wilk- oh, see now people are gonna get Wilkerson. Wilkinson, I Wilkinson. think. But they had his hat on display. I'm terrible. Okay. And and of course it's behind glass. Yeah. But I was like, oh, it's and I thought it was a replica. And I'm like, oh, it's a replica. But Wilkinson's hat. And then no, this is the actual one he wore. And my hat actually, my hand actually went out too. Yeah. Like, I want to touch that. <laughs> you know. But of course couldn't because uh, it was behind glass. But you know, it's it's just things that you see, and and that's what I love about museums is is it's things that you don't get to see in everyday life. Right. Um, and, and whether it's it's real life, like a pigeon um, mm-hmm. or an artifact or, or, or history, there's, there's things that you can learn every time you go to these things. That's why they're so invaluable. Right. And I think that's kind of to what you're saying, the special role that museums play is they can take something that maybe you wouldn't have thought twice about, like a pigeon right. or something that you see every day and you're like, oh, okay. And they take it and they build a narrative around it and they yeah. can really make it a meaningful learning experience Absolutely. that you would have never maybe thought about. And it right. jogs a lot of thoughts. So yeah, I love Absolutely. that. I love, I love the deep dive that museums take. And I love that being a museum person, you take that deep dive initially and then you kind of, you have to edit it to make it more, to make it relevant, and also to make it bite size, yes. right? Like we ha- like, but you get a museum curator started on something, and we'll be like, "Whoa, right. sit down." <laughs> well, you have to fill yeah. your head this with so much knowledge. This is amazing. Right. You have yeah. To, yeah, you have to know you need to all of it, and but you can't just regurgitate all well, of it right. because, yeah, especially I, I'm sure you get a lot of young people who come to your place, yes. and you can't do that with them, right? That's something that I'm yeah. navigating now. And we have a children's corner right now, which we're working on expanding. Um, but there's been a lot of talk in the museum field recently, really, about making museums a space for children and younger yes. people. Um, because you can't expect, you know, little humans to come in and learn like adults do. You know, they want to touch, they want to engage, mm-hmm. they want to. And they should be able to do that because museums should be a space for everyone right. and for all kinds of learning uh, exactly like, yeah um, people who are on the spectrum things like absolutely um, that you really wow. have right. to take oh, that yeah. into consideration even more so mm-hmm. yes yeah yes. and because they should be able to come in there and feel safe and included in mm-hmm. this learning environment and it's been really encouraging to see that that's something that's been taken on on a national level by yeah. huge museums like the smithsonian oh my um, gosh they're implementing uh exhibits for the blind now you know because they you know they should be able to come in and see it Devin's silently cheering yeah that's fantastic yeah it's It's also a huge undertaking yes and I understand like as a childhood educator at a museum get it right it's huge but that's wonderful Mm -hmm. and I mean and you have something unique because you have part of your exhibit is living right which is great yes and poses a whole other set of challenges (laughs) it does it does it's a whole interest yeah not to mention you're talking about a very niche Yes. thing that you're trying to bring to the general public. Right. That's very true. But it's so awesome. Like, yeah. I love that moment of, of, like, that spark Yeah. of you're talking about something that's seemingly obscure. Right. Or mm-hmm. or seemingly overcomplicated. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of a sudden, they care. Right. Like, and all of a sudden, they're engaged. Yeah. And, and they're I like, tell me more. That's our selling point and with that's your the moment. kids, <laughs> yes. too. Because, you know, I can we have scavenger hunts and different things that we have at the museum to try to engage them a little bit, you know. Um but the second I see mom like sort of losing it, I'm right. like, we have a pigeon. Right. You want to hold it? You want to we'll hold it? pigeon? Yes. Right away. They're like, uh, yes, I do. Yes. Like, and and like, that's okay, your moment. Cool. Great. To, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so great. Especially because yeah. I also know that there <laughs> are so people who have uh, even fear, uh, fears of birds. Yes. 
So uh, you could, I'm guessing you have. I was one of those people. Did you really? I Yes. I have a healthy 100%. respect. Yeah. I, I've been bitten by a lorikeet. I'm good. Oh. It's fine. Wow. It just really hurt. They have pigs. Yeah. yeah. You know. See, and that's a good thing about pigeons is if they do peck you, it's more yeah, startling it's, than anything. But right. when I was interviewing for the assistant curator position, I was still doing my undergrad. And, um, you know, they were asking me, well, how are you withholding live pigeons? And I'm like, oh, fine, totally, I can do it. And I left, and I was like, what in the world? Nobody said anything about live birds. I didn't know this was part of the deal. I can't believe I put uh, that on my resume. Yeah. <laughs> Same, but I needed yeah. the job, so I was like, you know what? You know what? <laughs> Better I'll, make it work. I'll Fake jump that hurdle when I have to. Yeah. Totally. If they would yeah. have asked me in my interview at the zoo as an educator, how, how are you withholding millipedes? I would have been like, what? <laughs> no one asked me that. Yeah. It was just one day someone handed, was like, okay, you're going to handle the millipede. And happened. I'm like, oh, this is gauntlet time. Okay. Yeah. Like, this is it. That's like, how it, yeah. Jessica literally, she handed me the biggest bird right? we had. And she was like, hold it. I was like, I'm not. She said, hold it. And I you was like, to do this. okay. Yeah. And ever since then, I, I love fine. it. I can get them out. I take them places myself. Um, we have some outreach programs, which are all free, that we offer. We go to elementary schools. We go to high schools. Um, I've oh. taken them to retirement centers, which that is always my favorite thing because oh. they have the best yes. questions and they love the birds. Um, so I take some of the birds and some of the museum artifacts and I do a short presentation um, and it's been really cool. And we've generated a lot of visitorship through that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. And so That's how really would people cool. get in touch with you to, 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 to get them if they've got a nursing home or a school yeah. they'd like you to come to? I think the best way to get a hold of me is probably we have an email form on our website. So if you go to the AmericanPigeonMuseum.org and fill out um, an email form and it will go right to me. And that's probably the best way to contact me because we are only open Fridays and Saturdays, 10 to 4. So it can be a little dicey to get right. a hold of me on the phone, but yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, mean, I always answer emails. And yeah. that's a beautiful yeah. thing. About, that's a beautiful thing about email is right. you can get in touch with them almost <coughs> immediately. They might not it's be able. True. But phone, yeah. Because us museum employees and phones. We're yeah. Busy. We're, we're, <laughs> I promise you, I know it looks like we only work like two days a week. Right. It's not true. Yeah. And we're so, buried under a book in the back. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. There's other things going Some on. Some heavy and, thing and, fell and, on us. You might right. want to check on us. Yeah, and, and you're also, again, touring. You're going to going to two places to, right. to see. So, you know, it's not like yeah. you aren't doing something for the rest of the exactly. week. Exactly. Right. That's my point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're only open two days? And like, you know, oh, yeah, people ask me that a lot. I'm yeah. like, well... The building a lot is more only goes open into that. Right. Exactly. Well, it's like you were exactly. closed during the month of January. That didn't mean you weren't doing anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. People <laughs> were really just wondering. Take a vacation. We just closed, locked the doors. <laughs> but it's like, okay, we'll be Lights here when out. you get yeah. back. <laughs> just right. let the pigeons run the place. It's fine. <laughs> they have it's fine. They're fine. It's okay. They're very pigeons smart. Pigeons answering the phone. <laughs> oh, that'd be the dude. That'd we should work on that. Should be our next endeavor. My little visual imagination is like taking off with this. I am one hundred percent on board. Yeah, we okay. had a program. Well, we still do it now, where we have postcards and we have what's called a pigeon post, and it's just a mailbox in our museum, and people can buy a, a postcard, and we will mail it for you. Mm. But we got asked all the time. Do you know, they were like, it? "Are the." pigeons taking it and i was like if you want to believe that if it's going to make this experience all the sweeter right. yes look I, at mom and be like absolutely shake your head yes or no yeah okay yes i have yes. to admit I, that was probably do. one of my questions too oh yeah like, well you're in a pigeon museum Legit. right and it's sort of pigeon post come on yeah we kind of asked for that but so, no yeah. it's, it's actually gone through the the postal system the yeah. united states postal service <laughs> yeah. which at this time does not employ pigeons right that's not right at this time well not and also I mean, there's only so much they can carry 
Isn't that yes, right? That is I mean, true. Yes. Um, but people have found really cool ways to sort of mitigate that. So at the Siege of Paris, they were putting things on these like very small, um, I can't think of the exact term for it, but like very small piece of paper that was then magnified. And this was in 1870 that they were doing this, which is really incredible. Right. So they burn stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. They find ways around it, but it's pretty cool. Oh, that's a great little steampunk thing. Sorry, that was just. I'm sorry, my 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 fiction. And Michael's new novel will be available in two thousand in uh, twenty twenty. That's awesome. Pigeon messages. So, um, I know that they're innate. The, the pigeons, the homing pigeons, for instance, are innately skilled at mm-hmm. what they're doing. Do they need practice? They to keep their skills up. Do um. They start training pigeons from a pretty young age to sort of hone these skills Mm -hmm. um, because they have a natural inclination, but they could always be built upon. Um, And so even during the the war, they had them specially trained in New Jersey actually first, and then they would take them, which makes the whole homing idea that, that much more interesting that they're training them initially to home in New Jersey, in a place, yeah, and, and then, then shipping them, them to another place to Europe, where they've never seen, never been before, and they That's can insane. still do it. But it's yes. the idea is that, that they just know this is where I started. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does, I mean, yes, yeah, I've trained them to, to come back but to how where do they, they start. know where to go. I, no, how do they know? Well, how how do they know? Even uh, that's, that's what that's I mean. A good initially, question. like. Mm-hmm. Okay, you were born in New Jersey. You know how to find your way home there. Okay, great. Now you're going to Paris. You're going to start in Paris. You're going to go to Luxembourg. How do they know to go to Luxembourg? So the birds will always either, one, go where they are bred. Two, they will go where they are fed. Mm-hmm. Or three, they're going to go where their mate is because pigeons do mate for life, mm-hmm. um, which is one of the ways that they okay. sort of um, I know. incentivize them to yeah. fly faster. Um, it's called the widower method. And so what they'll do is they will separate the mates um, the night before one of them has to fly. Mm-hmm. And so when they release him, he'll go and then he is gun- gunning yeah. to get back to his mate. Um, which, okay, so that yeah. gets them back. Yes. So basically what you would do is, is you is like for you say Luxembourg. So you would actually take them to Luxembourg. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. And then, yes. And, and you would actually start them in Paris. Mm-hmm. Where you would, that's where their mate is. That's, that's where home. their food is. Right. You would actually drive them to Luxembourg mm-hmm. and then you would use, and then you would do whatever you needed to do with them, get the message. Exactly. You'd be shooting them back to Paris. Yes. Okay. So men carried so them they, um, uh, okay. in baskets. Yeah. They had pigeon harnesses. And we have all of this at the museum that you can actually see. So we have the it's carrying amazing. cases. Um, the harnesses, um, they tried to, with the paratroopers, they would send them with the paratroopers sometimes. So the men would all have pigeons, and so the pigeons would always be going back to what would be the signal core base, and they had the mobile loft, okay. um, which they could find within a certain amount of radius. So that when they would move the mobile loft during wartime, they would always have to go at a straight trajectory so that the pigeon would still, you know, it was still findable for them. So. Still, that's oh, amazing. Wow. They would actually find it even though it We're going to move your house. Oh. Yeah. But di- but on a diagonal so to see it right. on your yeah. on your flight home. Which, That's yeah. awesome. Speaks again to yeah. the list I'm building of like why pigeons were so successful. They yeah. were they will always go back home. You know, with the yeah. dog, they're not always going to go back home. They're not. No. Even after sustaining massive injuries, a pigeon is still going to try to go home, no matter what. They're always headed home. Okay, now even we're getting into the sad. Yes, exactly. Like, yeah. I know. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm already <laughs> like, you're going to hurt an animal though. I know. Yeah, that is the, yeah. So they had, so 
So all the troops had pigeons? Not all, but I mean, if mm-hmm. they were part of this Signal Corps, I assume? Yes. Did they all carry pigeons with them? So, yes, they did. Um, so the Americans had established the Signal Corps, and that was officially established, I believe, in 19... I know it was prior to the Second World War. It wasn't operational during the First World War. Okay. The mm. exact date That makes sense. Me. But um, the British troops had pigeons. The German troops did have pigeons. They also had falcons because they realized, okay, oh, yeah. the Allied forces has pigeons. Guess what? I In roll. true form. Unfortunately, they had the <laughs> yeah, true Nazi gonna, form. We're just going to outdo you. Yeah, well, here's they, some they also, falcons. They also, had, yeah. they also, the falcons were predators. Yes. That's so, my point. So, yeah. We're just yeah. going to outdo how, you. How do we're we, going to put yeah. a flaming skull on our helmets and we're going to have falcons because we're, we're the worst of the worst. <laughs> Very true. Sorry. No, I feel. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I'm there with you. <laughs> anyway. but, but again, where we talk about them even getting injured, mm-hmm. that they, if they were injured but still alive, they would they would find their way home. They would. And they mm-hmm. would stop and peck a Nazi to death on the way because <laughs> they're true. hardcore. They're allied forces. <laughs> Seriously, allied. Yeah. But anyway, so the troops would carry the individual pigeons with them. Mm-hmm. And yes. then when it was time to send a message, send them back to right. Signal Corps. And so they were used in the First World War, obviously, but also in the Second World War. What I thought was really interesting with the establishment of the Signal Corps, they were actually drafting people who had a history of raging, raising oh, pigeons. So yeah. they wanted the pigeon guys there who already had a lot of experience. Right? And a lot of them would use their own pigeons um, for the oh. training, and they were breeding their own pigeons. And in Britain, too, this was very common. And Britain actually passed legislation um, during the Second World War that banned people from um, racing for sport oh. um, and also banned people from shooting pigeons because they were saying, you know, you could be shooting a soldier, yeah. essentially. An ally. Yeah, they were yeah. like, so no shooting and no... Uh, frivolous racing Putting because we don't know or yeah. we need them yeah, yeah. We so don't they know. they sort of That's commandeered amazing. that during the war years yeah i love really that cool. very very typical winston churchill type very of, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> no frivolity. This, this is the war yes. effort don't, no frivolity don't, don't, yes <laughs> no racing for fun we will fight them on the land we will fight them on the sea yes yeah we will fight them with all of our pigeons the pigeons will win the war so you've been in the new place for only about four four you said four or five years um, how has that been going so far? It's been great. It's a beautiful facility. We're expanding the back patio area now and okay. um, putting some awnings up. We're going to move our pigeons in the back now with oh, some rad. picnic tables and stuff so that when we have the kid groups, they can go back, have a full day of it, you know, have oh, their lunch so back nice there, hang out with the birds. With yeah. Very so cool. We're really excited about that. But it's been great. We've had wonderful visitorship. Um, We've been expanding the kids' corner. Like I said, we have this actual space for them. I bet that's a lot of um, fun, oh. thinking of new things to do. Yes, and I've been ordering so many. There are so many really cool um, kids' books about pigeons. Oh, my gosh. It turns out I had no idea, but yeah. there is. And I have been ordering them, and I'm literally just like, come hang out with your – read these books. Yeah. We have puzzles. We have crafts. Like, make it a, do whatever. Well, and you can build yeah. so much around just a, a children's book. I and Oh, yeah. Having – dived into the world of early childhood like there's a book for everything and then you can just kind of expand 100 percent, and it's fantastic yeah it's very cool i love it if someone wanted to have a a pigeon as a pet what would they do Mm -hmm. besides Um, just going out and getting one yeah where would you even start to be honest so i usually refer them to our museum volunteer because he knows everything everything there is to know but um there's lots of swap meets that pigeon guys will do 
um, pigeon okay. women as well, pigeon people. Um, Guys is neutral, I think. Anyway, yeah. Um, so they'll do swap meets, um, and they'll all literally just have all their birds and trade them that way. You can right. purchase from them if you don't have a bird to trade. You can purchase from them, um, and these are the guys the, that you want to get into contact with when you're doing anything pigeon related pigeon fanciers yes because they most of them have been doing this their entire lives from the time that they were very small so there's lots of different things you need to take into consideration like their water their feed Mm. um do you need one or two what are the benefits of having two Mm. versus one you know and and like zoning issues they all have all of those um, under control so i always refer them to to them or um, located right next to us is the American Racing Pigeon Union. And so all of the clubs register with them. Um, And so they have all that information as well. And also their website is a great resource for people who might be interested in um, getting a pigeon. And say it one more time, the name of that one. The American Racing Pigeon Union. And that's the reasons why this, this, the the museum exists and and Mm -hmm. because there was racing first off. Mm -hmm. Yes. And some of our board members have been active members of the union for a long time as well. So yeah, it's amazing. They, 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 do we, I, have you, do you talk about how fast they can go? How fast? Upwards of 60 miles per hour. (laughs) Yeah. And that's as the crow flies. So I get pi- or as I the pigeon flies. Right? As, ha, as the rock dove flies. As the rock yes. dove flies. Yeah, I think that's good. Uh, I like it. I like it. It sounds, and it's a little princey sounding. Like, yes. I think we I think we need to bring Prince in as the, I know, you know, God rest his soul, but <laughs> just saying advocate for all rock doves. When, when rock, just, yes. Not just doves. When rock doves, rock doves cry. cry. When rock doves cry. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. let's, <laughs> inclusion. But I bet races are over really fast. Um, or are they just no, really long? They, they're, it's how far they go. Yeah, they can wow. be really quick or long. I'm, it depends on how what the distance is. Um, but most of the time, it can take them a day to get back, but they'll get back. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's nice I've, now because everything's digitized, so they don't have to wait on the bird to get back. Whereas before, like when racing started... Um, like uh, in Pennsylvania, for example, we have a small exhibit about this in like 1818. They would have to sit out there and wait for their bird to come back. Right? And when the bird came back, they had to take the band off the bird, put it in the clock, turn the clock, run down to the post office. And you had to run. There were rules. You could not ride your bike. It this was is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, this like, is why museum people are the way we are. Seriously, high they're five. Like, yeah. like, <laughs> because we're, we find these things out. We're like, no. Listen, and I'm so amused by it. It is the best. <laughs> yeah. Put it in the clock, run it down, run down to the post office. Um, and you have to find out the rest when you go to the museum. Yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> See, there you go. Um, how much is the admission? We have free admission. All of our programs are free, which is awesome. Yeah, it's and it's thanks, thanks to just pigeon enthusiasts, yes. people who have loved these animals and want to, again, pigeons, bad PR. It's right? people like this mm-hmm. that are basically saying, no, I'm going to fight this PR. Yeah. And say that the, the, you, you you must love the rock dove. I'll do you yeah. one better. They're all doves. Yeah. Yeah. They're all doves, people. If you yes. love a dove, you, you love, love a pigeon. Dove. Exactly. <laughs> it's true. And they're really, really, really smart. Yes. Yeah. I, I, so you got, and you're open Fridays and Saturdays. What was your hours again? 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Yes. And have you guys got any events coming up? Um, We Ooh. haven't had any official titles or dates yet but we have several things in the works so i 
think in the next week we're probably going to be posting some of that on our website and on our Facebook. We're also on Instagram and Twitter, and we're yeah. pretty active on all of those. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I follow those. Do you guys do private parties? Do we you do. host birthdays and mm-hmm. stuff? Yes. And you get in touch with you again with the email get, form? Yes, email me. Yeah, we're okay. open to hosting, and that is free as well. We don't have a fee for our facility. See, that's amazing. So. And, and it's just basically about teaching people about the, the pigeon that, again, they're not going to know about any. Right. They're not going to get anywhere else, certainly. Right. Dude, how much fun would that be? I know. Yeah. Have my birth- every birthday party at the Pigeon Museum. Because when we were talking. Out on the patio. Right. When we were talking about Jessica, she was talking about how there are other Pigeon Museums in the world, but we're yes. the only one. This is the only one in the United States. Yes. And then the other one, um, I believe it's in Belgium. <coughs> And it only opens maybe once or twice a year. It's his own personal collection. So it's not a typical uh, museum experience. Not really a museum. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> There's a, a man with an affinity. But, yes. Um, <laughs> a house. Yes. In Belgium. It's like museum snuff. You can, I mean. <laughs> I am sorry, but yes. <laughs> no, we are the only full-fledged. We do a yeah. lot of work. Yes. Do you have visitors facility. from all over the world? We do. Um, we actually recently just had the president of the Chinese, uh, one of the biggest Chinese uh, associations come and visit our museum. Oh. It was That's he and awesome. his translator. Uh-huh, and he came and he <clears throat> toured the entire museum. He went and looked at our lofts. Um, and it was really great, you know, to sort of have those connections. And yeah. he donated this really awesome commemorative plate <gasps> to us. And we were really happy that to have that and to cool. have him there. Yeah. Oh, we got a lot of um, Polish enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. Poland has a really big uh, pigeon racing community, so we get a lot of Poles that come in. That's awesome. Yeah, it's very where, cool. Uh, where else do you see, if you even know this, like mm-hmm. where else in the world are they immensely popular? Like Europe, so, Europe South America, yeah. oh, South Asia, America. I know. Yes. Because I've seen it in action, but. Yeah. Okay, so. so those I think are the, they're pretty much the hubs. Of, okay, so big, like mm-hmm. places with big urban centers. Yes. Mm-hmm. And. Not a lot of space, right? I yes. would think. Not. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty much the whole world at this point. Right. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. But highly, highly urban, yes. and yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now are but English Devon. Sorry. <laughs> um, are there different pigeons from different parts of the world, or are they all? I mean, I know they're mm-hmm. all a rock dove, right. but like Europe has predominantly this kind of pigeon, or mm-hmm. is it more they've spent so much time around us that it's all. Right. One big family. So I think that's easiest to determine within the fancy pigeon category. Um, so definitely there are, anytime you read um, a, a sort of biography or um, overview of a different type of fancy pigeon, it always has its original place of origin. Mm-hmm. So for example, um, I usually have like a cheat sheet of this, but I believe. So sorry. Like I know that was no, like a complicated okay. question. No. So like the Jacobin pigeon, for example, would have originated in India first. Okay. And so that's where it was first bred, you gotcha. know, and developed. Um, so, oops, sorry. Like there's like 350, you know, different, different ones. Different so they all right. And they have them all traced back to mm. their original point of origin, which is really interesting. It's so awesome. Yeah. And they can all live pretty comfortably in mm. any urban center. There aren't ones that can't live in the hot or can't live right. in the dry. Or Again, why they were so They can live anywhere. Is they're so adaptable to weather. Also, they're like just goats. as it's on my head, um, they, I just learned this yesterday, they were um, impervious to tear gas, which was great <gasps> during the First what? World War. Yeah, and I don't know why that is. Because they, they're magical. Right. Let's they, just say They it. were not affected at all by the tear gas, which 
again that's so fantastic because this like, also doubles down on my whole like do the animals get hurt thing yeah because humans whatever but right. animals <laughs> yes, I, I care especially animals yeah. in the service of people right. like we put you there and then right. we expect you to endanger yourself right and i so, think yes that's an interesting that's you know win. point of the conversation we do have a lot of people who come in and they are like well are you glorifying this a little bit and i'm like well our job as a museum is to tell the history and this yeah, is right. this is the history of it good bad ugly you know this is what happened yeah. and you are welcome to form your opinions about that however you may mm-hmm. um and they are valid but yeah i mean that's an interesting side of the coin too is totally you, know, these you birds can tell them ha- just the happy side yeah, yeah. a little bit yeah of that so, but they mm, that's amazing yeah. that they're impervious to tear gas yeah and they did honor these birds too um like one of the most notable pigeons, Jeremy, was awarded a French Medal of Honor that General Patton also has, <laughs> which awesome. is pretty cool. And then yeah. um, and valid, yeah. Thirty-two uh, pigeons were awarded the Dickin Medal of Honor, which was um, a medal specifically designed to give animals who assisted humans in warfare. And thirty-two pigeons received that. See, that's amazing. I could yeah. not even read that book. I would cry my eyeballs. <laughs> oh yeah, we just ordered one for our museum. I couldn't really even handle it. it. Very right, but you're very sick. <laughs> I'm, I'm really because yeah. you know it's going to be this tale of heroism and usually yeah. something horrible. Yeah, I just like the fact that you know, no, 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 the scientists still haven't figured out how they do the homing thing. I think from now on it's just magic. Yeah, seriously. They're, they're magical. Yeah, and <laughs> that's pretty. That's flying the face of every bit of science birds. education I've ever done. Magic. Yeah, <laughs> Cornell has been working on. I know <laughs> Cornell Science Lab is. Like, um, there's an article on the internet, just search it, but Cornell Science has been doing a lot of work with the pigeons just trying to figure out what, how are, how are they doing this? You know, they put little caps on the pigeons to try to, you know, with the radio waves and all. Of course they have. They're really doubling down. I'd love that report from Cornell from Scientific American. (laughs) They're awesome. That's just pretty much it. Right. Pigeons are magic and Mm -hmm. hashtag awesome. (laughs) Screw the That's our conclusion. All you need to know. It's really Arthur C. Clarke's. Like any any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Well, that's just like pigeons are like, yeah, we know. There you go. Yeah. Pigeons are awesome. We know. So, okay. So how can people get in touch with you? So the best way to get in touch with us is via our social media or visit our website, which is theamericanpigeonmuseum.org. And then on our social media, we're just listed as The Pigeon Museum. So mm-hmm. on Instagram, Twitter, and then on Facebook as well. You can find us through there. That's so, great. Yeah. And, and you should follow because they're really, they're a delight Absolutely. on social. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And you're open Friday and Saturday. Friday and Saturday, 10 a.m. to 4. And available for any kind of. Coming Any, out to, 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 to see the kids and, and yeah. Know, yeah. Parties, private them. events. Yeah. Also, if our hours, the Friday and Saturday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., don't work and you have a big group who wants to come visit, nine times out of 10, if you shoot me an email, I will work with you and we'll get you in. So, right. If so, even if it's like, don't oh, yeah, we can only do it at this time, like, right. you know, it's like an during afternoon school time. Or, yeah. yeah. Get a just big enough group together, and they'll they'll, they'll make you'll make sure that it's open for yeah. them. And it'd be then it'd be, it'd be just them private personally. Yeah, then you'll have so, a private yeah. tour. Those are the best too, because yeah. you can go to the loft then, which yeah. is really ooh, cool. so, yeah. See, fun, <laughs> yeah. fantastic. Elizabeth, thank yeah. you so much for stopping thank in. You. Thank you. Yes, thank you. We we love the pitching. I we do. We do. We're so glad to have you guys back. Um, so that's gonna do it for our show. You can find us on our brand new home with our podcast friends at mostlyharmless.media. Also on Twitter and Facebook at Okie Geek Podcast. That's also the address for our Gmail account. Would love to hear from you. And do you or someone you know have an event coming up? Please let us know so we can talk about it on our show. 
You can find us uh, on Apple Podcasts. Be sure and subscribe, rate us, and leave a comment. And Devin, where can people find you on the World Wide Web? Oh, you can find me on the Twitterverse. I'm at Weba. That's Whiskey Unicorn Victor Victor Alpha. And you can find me at KOSU Michael C. Until next time, along with Elizabeth Dahl, I'm Michael Cross. I'm Devin Green. Reminding you to keep calm and geek on. Thank you.